Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving. Good morning to everyone. Uh, Welcome to Bethesda Church. We're honored that you're here. Uh, Not only are we beginning a brand new series, but as Pastor Jay said, today is family day. So right after the 11 o'clock service today, we're going to have an incredible time. I hope that you will stick around for that. Uh, I also want to say we will be giving away uh, backpacks during family day and school supplies, and we'll be uh, just just having a lot of fun. And in the 11 o'clock service, we're going to pray for all of the teachers and faculty and all the people getting ready to go back to school and uh, make some big announcements and giveaways as well. So it's going to be an incredible day. Um, today we are we're beginning this brand new series called The Other Guy. I want you to hit your neighbor and tell him The Other Guy. Now, you might say, now, Pastor, I thought we were doing something on the Holy Spirit. Well, we are, uh, and there is a reason that I'm calling this series The Other Guy, because when it comes to the things of God, most of us do not struggle with the concept of God as our Father. We do not struggle with the concept as Jesus being the Son of God. We, We actually hear a ton of sermons about the Father, There are a lot of books written about the Father. Uh, We we sing songs about the Father. Uh, The same is true with with Jesus. There's a ton of books about Jesus and songs written about Jesus, but we, we struggle to wrap our mind around the working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So the other guy in the Trinity that we don't hear as much about is the Holy Spirit. And what we have to understand is that God the Father is currently in heaven, all right? He is occupying his throne. The scripture says that when Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, that he ascended and he now sits at the right hand of the Father. And and he said before he died, he said, it is finished. So he ascended he, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father and you are not going to get him back up. How many know Jesus is done? He's already completed what he came to do. And so the Holy Spirit is the one person in the Godhead that is currently residing in the earth, yet we place the least amount of priority on him. I I want you to grab that. The Father and the Son are in heaven, but the Holy Spirit, how many know he is working in the earth? He resides in the earth. And and so what I want to do over the next few weeks is I I hope to clear up some misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit uh, and how his power works in your life. We'll deal with some gifts and one of the most debated gifts, uh, tongues. We're going to hit some of that. Uh, and, and, and I hope that this will be empowering to you. I want to call this first sermon, I want to just simply call it, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, here's what I'm going to ask that you do. In this series, I, I want you to just set aside like all of your mindsets about it. And if you could come in each week with a blank page and let's allow the scriptures to speak to us. Is that all right? Can we do that for the month of August? Some of you are like, I'm afraid. 
You don't have to be afraid. It's going to be great. And I, I do want to say real quick before I dive in too far, first Wednesday will also be on the Holy Spirit. You do not want to miss Wednesday night. It's going to be a powerful night. Um, and, and so I want to call it, Who is the Holy Spirit? And bold statement right out of the gate, there is no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, the church would not have been birthed. And churches in general would morph in to nothing more than a religious institution if you remove the Holy Spirit from the equation. See, I, I don't think that, that most people struggle with the concept of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't think that, that we set uh, what we think about the Holy Spirit and what the Word says about the Holy Spirit. We don't set it to the side intentionally, I think a lot of times we just struggle to wrap our minds around who the Holy Spirit is and, and how he empowers us. And so instead of really addressing it and flowing in that, a lot of times we just set it off to the side uh, and we don't deal with it. But, but th this misunderstanding and, and the way people perceive the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not anything new because as you look at Acts chapter 19, Go there real quick. Verse number one and one and two, it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. All right, so, so even when, when Paul and the, the New Testament church, uh, even though the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2 and empowered everyone and, and there were gifts and signs and wonders and all of these things, you, you go over to Acts 19 and you see Paul and Apollos who were leaders in the church asking, asking disciples. Now, now here's the thing you got to see about that. They asked people who were disciples, people who were following Jesus, have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, that's important, so important that, that we, we look at this, this text. They asked people who were following Jesus, have you received the Holy Spirit? Um, and, and, and here's the thing, not only during that time, but in, during our day, uh, we have people who are trying to follow Jesus without a clear understanding of the Holy Spirit. And, and so even in this room today, if I were to pass the microphone around and allow everyone to, to say out loud what your understanding of the Holy Spirit is, how many know we would get tons of different responses? That, that, that there would be so many thoughts and, and so many things said about the Holy Spirit because we, we, some of us, we come from backgrounds um, that said we just need to avoid the Holy Spirit. Like, let's, let's just avoid it. Like, that, that tongue talking, that gifts of the Spirit, that's of the devil. You know, uh, you better not go down to Bethesda Church. They're crazy, okay? Um, some of us come from backgrounds like that. Some of us come from backgrounds that viewed the Holy Spirit more through man's tradition than actual biblical theology. 
And, and, and so their tradition, uh, it, it, it really warps their understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And a lot of people, they, they've seen all the debate and all the questions and all the, the controversy surrounding the Holy Spirit and all the different interpretations of what that means. And so they just set that part of the Bible, that part of their relationship with God, they set it to the side. But that is a major mistake because your faith cannot function without the Holy Spirit. Your faith cannot even function without the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is not a take it or leave it portion of your faith. It's not a take it or leave it. The Holy Spirit is essential for you and I to live life to the fullest because according to the scripture that without the Holy Spirit, the church would not have been birthed. There would be no church as we know it without the Holy Spirit. According to the scripture, we, we know that the Holy Spirit is not only the one who birthed the church, he is the one who sustains the church. We could take that to a personal level. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin in our life. He is the one that enables us to pray. He is the one that guides us. He's the one that teaches us. He is the one that empowers us. He comforts us. He's the one that reminds us of all the promises of God within the word of God. And I'll take it this far. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't even follow Jesus. Now, some of us, we really struggled right there. But you are in a relationship with Jesus because the Holy Spirit worked on your heart and began to draw you into a relationship with Jesus. Here's what, here's what 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says. It says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the first place we have a misunderstanding is concerning who the Holy Spirit is. That's our first place of misunderstanding. And I want you to notice I said who, not what. This is important. Many people miss out on the full work of the Holy Spirit because they don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. And, and, and the, the issue is, is so obvious in, in the way we talk. I mean, a lot of people, when they refer to the Holy Spirit, they refer to the Holy Spirit as an it or a dove or fire or wind. And, and, and so we, we, we use all these analogies and, and we, we uh, even like new people coming to our church. And then this is funny, but when new people will come to the church, sometimes they will say things like, I just loved it there. There was this energy in the room. Or they'll say things like, I just felt this force when I was there. And, 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 and you know, I, I have grace for that because if you're new to the faith, you have no, no clue what you're feeling. But it's not that they are feeling something. They are feeling someone. It's the Holy Spirit. It, it, it's the person of the Holy Spirit that you are feeling, that you are experiencing. And, and when you see God's Spirit... As, as an it, you will say things like, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. 
And some of us, have we've said that, we've prayed that. I just need more of the Holy Ghost. I just need more of the Holy Spirit. But when you see the Holy Spirit as a person, you won't say, I need more of the Holy Spirit. You will say, how can I give more of myself to him? Because he's a person. Not just a force. Not, not just energy. Not, not, not just wind. Not just fire. All right? He is a person. Hit your neighbor and tell him he is a person. Now, a lot of us, we grew up on the King James Bible. How many grew up with a King James Bible? Like the old King James. Like, I, I can quote a ton of scripture in King James. And I, I don't utilize it a lot because the these, the thous, the therefores, all that stuff. Uh, people are like, what's he talking about? Um, but, but if you grew up with a King James version of the Bible, like even some, someone saying Holy Spirit kind of confuses you because you grew up here and it's the Holy Ghost, right? It's the Holy Ghost. King James Version is Holy Ghost. Um, but, but Spirit, Ghost, when, when you look at the meanings, the word ghost is an interesting word because it comes from the German word Geist, G-E-I-S-T. That's where it comes from. It's where we get the word poltergeist. Now, some of y'all are really weirded out, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. Geist literally means breath, spirit, or wind. Breath, wind, spirit. The Greek word used in the New Testament is the word pneuma. It's where we get the word pneumonia or pneumatic, but it also means breath, wind, or spirit. The Old Testament word for it is ruach, and ruach simply means breath, wind, or spirit. So we get the idea that the Spirit of God is, is God moving. And, and I just want to say it like that. The Holy Spirit, He is God moving in our lives. That, that is who the Holy Spirit is. He is God in motion. And those of us that are committed to Jesus and committed to, to um, walking out His purpose for our life, we will, we will succeed or fail and it's completely dependent on our relationship with the Holy Spirit of how much of our lives we will give to him. So the problem a lot of times is the way we view the Holy Spirit. We don't view him as a person. Even in scripture, when, when the scripture talks about fire, wind, and, and, and all those things, even, even the one scripture when Jesus is being baptized. Y'all remember that? The Bible says the heavens opened, right? And, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, all right, like a dove. Now, a lot of people think the Holy Spirit, he is a dove. The, a dove did not descend on Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, the writer said, like a dove to give the text some color. How many know it wasn't a dove that came flying down and landed on him? See, some of us struggle with that because we think it was a dove. A dove did not come and land on Jesus. It says the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Okay? So big, big, big difference there. So the, the thing that I want us to grab right here. If Jesus had the Holy Spirit descend upon him, how much more do you and I need it? How much more do, do you and I need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? 
The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus. The Holy Spirit will empower us. But we have to be open to that. We, we, we got to say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. We, we need to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, he is more than just a powerful force. He is, in fact, a person. Look at how Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse number 17, Jesus said, He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I want you to see there how many times Jesus says he, showing us that the Holy Spirit is a person. When you don't view the Holy Spirit as a person, you forfeit knowing God personally. The Holy Spirit is God, and he's not a lesser God. He is the third person of the Trinity, and he's just as much God as the Father and the Son. And he's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our, our honor to him. He is the third person of the Trinity. And so he appears in Scripture even in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, when darkness was upon the face of the deep, the Bible says, says what? It says that the Spirit was hovering. That we see the Holy Spirit even in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. So the Holy Spirit is a person, and, and the reason we know he's a person is because Jesus tells us, but we also know it because he has a personality. The Holy Spirit has a personality. Now, we have to ask, what, what, um, what is a personality? When we, when we say someone has a good personality, bad person, whatever it is, what is a personality? It is a combination of three things. Three things. Mind, will, and emotions. And that's what we were referring to. Every person... All right, in this room, you, you are a person because you have a personality. You have a mind, you have a will, and you have emotions. A will expresses desires. A mind expresses thought, and emotions express feelings. The Holy Spirit has a mind, will, and emotions. So let's start with the first part of this. The Holy Spirit has a will. All right, hit your neighbor and tell him he has a will. Look at uh, Acts chapter 16, verse number six. It says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Fergia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. I want you to notice something out of this text that's, that's extremely important. Paul was trying, he wanted to go to Asia to, to preach, He's trying to do this, but the, the scripture tells us very clearly, the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going. I, what was, some translations say the Holy Spirit actually forbade Paul from going, that prevented Paul from going, that the Holy Spirit exercised his will. So the Holy Spirit's will, what we need to know, is the will of God. If you want to know God's will, all you have to do is follow the Holy Spirit every day. He will lead you 
into the will of God for your life. But you have to do that. Listen, a lot of us think that the will of God is a destination. The will of God is not a destination. The will of God is saying yes to the Holy Spirit every day, and you'll arrive at the proper destination. But we have to say yes to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. We have to follow him. And, and I love this because if I follow the Holy Spirit, I end up in the will of God. And, and for many years, I didn't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was, I was like many of you. I followed fear. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. I'm afraid if I don't do it right, I'll get out of the will of God and I'll never make my way back into the will of God. Anybody operate like that before? You're just afraid to mess everything up. And, and, and so I allowed fear to, to guide me. But how many know God never meant for fear to guide us? God wants the Holy Spirit to guide us every single day. Not fear, all right? Not, not intimidation, but, but just simply walking out wherever the Holy Spirit is leading us. But we have to do that every single day. Now, now we have to understand there is a will of God that you find within Scripture. And there is also the will of God that is shown to us by the leading of the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Word and the Spirit work together? Okay, three of you know. The Word and the Spirit work together. But, but there is a general will and, and there is a specific will. And, and, and the way I would break this down to you, the, the Bible's really clear on how I should treat my wife. How many know that? There's, there's like, it's not up for debate. Be kind, be considerate, be patient, live with her uh, with understanding. Like, it's all real clear. Like, that is the will of God. That's how I treat my wife. But how many know the Bible doesn't tell me who to marry? But the Holy Spirit will. Oh, that's, a good, that's good right there. So, so the, the Bible will tell me how to treat my spouse, but, but the Bible's not going to tell me who to marry. Um, the Bible will tell me what makes a good employee, that, that, I, that, that I do everything as unto the Lord, and I serve with excellence, and I do all that. But how many know the Bible will not tell me where to work? But how many know the Holy Spirit will? That's why I'm saying every single day, he, you, you've got to submit your will to the Holy Spirit, and he'll tell you who to date, who to marry, where to work. Like, he'll tell you where to live. How I many of the Holy Spirit will work out all the little details, what business relationship you need, what partnership you need to develop, where, where you should launch your business if you're thinking about something like that. If we'll stop long enough to ask the Holy Spirit, the Word may not tell me exactly how to do that, like where to launch my business, but the Holy Spirit will. And I've got to be submitted to that every single day. So some of us say things like, man, it would be real nice to hear God like Pastor Chad. Like if I, if I was a pastor, you know, I would just know what to do with my, my life. But I'm going to show you something. Verse John chapter 2, verse 27. But pastors have received the Holy Spirit. Do we have that? 1 John 2, 27, we got it? We don't even have it. There it is. But pastors have received. Does it say pastors? No. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. Now, how many know that's a powerful verse right there? So, some people think they need a meeting with me, but really what they want is somebody to knock on their door and tell them what to do. 
You don't need me to tell you what to do. You don't even need a meeting with me half the time. Half the time, you just need to hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to do. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. How many, how many times do, do you think we're missing out on God's will in our life because we need somebody to tell us and the Holy Spirit, that inner witness that lives on the inside is, is constantly telling us, but we ignore it. We don't pay attention to it. So the Holy Spirit, he has a will, but he also has a mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 God's spirit is the only one who knows what is in God's mind. I want to ask you guys something. Does God know everything? Yeah, absolutely. He knows everything. And the reason that is important is because, because he knows everything, everything is now available to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can download to you whatever it is that you need to know. John 16 and 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The Holy Spirit knows all truth, which means that he can help you through any and all problems. How many know he can help you solve problems? I wonder how many times we're looking for an answer to something, we're looking for a solution, and we're frustrated and we're upset because we can't figure it out. And have you ever had one of those moments when you couldn't figure something out and then you took just a few minutes to pray about it and then immediately the Holy Spirit gave you the answer? But you've been beating your head against the wall for a month because you didn't take the time to ask the Holy Spirit what he wanted for you. A lot of times, the scripture's real clear, we have not because we ask not. If we'll stop long enough to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this situation? Scripture's real clear. He will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit has all truth. That means he has all truth for your your marriage. He has all truth for your kids. He has all truth for your business. He has all truth for your relationships. He has all truth for your finances. He has all truth. But, But here's what we have to understand about the Holy Spirit. He has a heart of a teacher. But many times we lack the posture of a student. He has a heart to teach, but we are often unwilling to learn. He wants to lead us and guide us, but we have to have a posture of a student that we don't don't know everything already, but he does know everything. And if I'm in relationship, not only with God the Father and God the Son, but I have a relationship with God the Holy Spirit, he can bring to me what what it is I need to know. So the Holy Spirit has a will, he has a mind, and thirdly, the Holy Spirit, he has emotions. He has emotions. Look at what um, Galatians chapter number five says, verse 22. Now, most of us know know this passage as the fruit of the Spirit. Look at this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you know what that is? I, I know it's the fruit of the Spirit, but what that really is is a description of God's personality. If you've ever wondered, I wonder what the Father is like. 
I wonder what Jesus is like. I wonder what the Holy Spirit, I, I wonder what he's like. You don't have to look any further. This is what he's like. He is kind. He is gentle. He is faithful. And the more time, and I understand personality profiles and all that, but listen, the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the better your personality gets. Hit your neighbor and tell him that was for you. I, yeah, I get tired of these personalities. That's just my personality. Well, if your personality is not becoming more of that, then you're not, you're not in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's good preaching right there. If I'm in relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to produce more of that list because I'm becoming like him. That's his personality. He has emotions. He can experience joy. The Holy Spirit experiences joy. But he can also, the scripture tells us, he can be grieved. Think about this. In Ephesians 4.30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grief happens when we lose closeness with someone we care for. That's what causes grief. Grief happens when we lose closeness with someone we care for. We cannot lose the Holy Spirit because we are sealed. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. But we can grieve him and lose that sense of intimacy with him. It's kind of like a husband and wife uh, when they have one of those arguments uh, it's not that they don't love one another, but how many know sometimes when you argue with your spouse, that sense of closeness is not present? Like during the argument, you're not cuddled on the couch. Like go to your room and I'll go to mine. Like I'm going to the man, whatever that looks like. But there is, there's this um, distance that's, that's put there. And, and so there are times that you and I can actually grieve the Holy Spirit because he has emotions where we don't sense the closeness and the intimacy. And a lot of times we read this, this, this one scripture, grieve not the Holy Spirit. We read it, but we don't read it in context. So let's read it in context. In order to do that, we have to look at the, the verse before it and the verse after it. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Do you know what grieves the Holy Spirit? Bitterness, anger, malice. And I want you to notice each of these are sins against other people. There, there have been times that I have grieved the Holy Spirit because of what I said to Karen. I know y'all are holy, but I, I'm just saying. That, that I lost a sense of intimacy with God because of the way I was treating her. I know y'all are holy. This is for me. Could it be that the reason you don't sense nearness and closeness to God is because you are at odds with another person? That's what God is saying. The Holy Spirit is grieved when your relationships are messed up. If I'm not where I'm supposed to be with other people, I promise you I won't be where I'm supposed to be with God. We got to get past this pretending like we can treat people any way we want to and well, we're just so close to the Lord. You're not. 
Scripture's real clear. We grieve the Holy Spirit by the way we treat people, the way we talk to people, the way we handle other people. When, when I'm wrong with you, I'm wrong with him. Now, this is tough because a lot of people want to be mean to everybody and then come in church and speak in tongues. You can keep your tongues at the house if you're going to be mean to people. I didn't plan on saying that. But how many know the truth's the truth? Like, it does no good to, to go through all this, but we're mean to people. The Holy Spirit, He is a person, and we grieve Him by the way we treat other people. And, and, and when I thought about some of the times that, that I felt distance between me and the presence of God and was reminded of maybe what I said to someone or, or my attitude towards another person, it changed the way I thought about him because the Holy Spirit is a person and his power enters into your life through personal relationships. It was never God's intention to give you power without relationship. And see, one of the things that, that the church has done is we all want the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't want relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we want the gifts, but we don't want the relationship. That the power of the Holy Spirit flows through your life as you enter a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is not an impersonal power. It's a very personal power that's released in your life as you commune with the Holy Spirit. See, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. I love that. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus the extravagant love of God, and here's the third, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Paul prays three things here. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is so good because the friendship of the Holy Spirit, this word takes on three different meanings, all right? And you may want to jot these down. There's three things that we get from this word friendship. The first being fellowship. That's the first thing he's talking about, that, that when we enter into a friendship with the Holy Spirit, we have fellowship with him. It simply means that he is a companion, that I am sharing details of my life with the person of the Holy Spirit. It, it's kind of like if, if you had a friend that you were really close to, and you guys were getting ready to go do something fun, and you went to pick your friend up for wherever it is you're, you're going, and when your friend got in the car, you turned the radio up, you didn't ask your friend how they were doing, you didn't ask them about their day, and you just drove for about two hours and never spoke to your friend. How I many that's not much of a friend? But, but a lot of people treat the Holy Spirit like that. The Holy Spirit is the most ignored person in the church. We want Jesus, but we're not sure about the Holy Spirit. We, we want to sing, he's a good, good father, but we're not sure about the Holy Spirit. If you've ever been ignored in your life, just talk to the Holy Spirit because he can identify with you. He is often ignored. He lives in us, though, and we're never alone. 
So this friendship takes on fellowship. It also takes on partnership. In other words, there is an ebb and flow to this relationship. As you partner with the Holy Spirit, you can do supernaturally, and, and, and you have the ability and wisdom to do incredible things that you don't have on your own. The Holy Spirit brings that into your life. The third meaning of this is, is, is intimacy. That's what he's talking about, intimate relationship. So this is deeper than just fellowship. Intimacy is the avenue to a very strong and healthy relationship. This is the kind of re relationship where you share the deepest parts of your heart. Did you know you should be sharing that with the person of the Holy Spirit? You should be sharing. And, and watch this. Not only will you share with him, the Holy Spirit will share secrets with you. He will give you insight that you need to make your next decision. Now, how do I build this friendship with the Holy Spirit? How do I do that? Number one, here, here's, here's how I build this friendship. Number one, I need faith. I gotta have faith. Most people are comfortable with Jesus because they can intellectually grasp Jesus. But a lot of times we, we struggle with the Holy Spirit because we try to understand the Holy, Holy Spirit intellectually. But how many know we have to, the, that the things of God are spiritually discerned? That it's not just a mind knowledge. Here's what 1 Corinthians 2.14 says. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. We can say it like this. You will never have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit if you're only open to understanding God intellectually. So if you have to wrap your mind around it, forget it. The Holy Spirit, he is not meant for us just to understand. It, he's meant for us to experience. I can be talked out of knowledge, but I cannot be talked out of my experience. And a lot of us, we only have knowledge. We, we don't have the experience that we need with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Here's what Jesus said in John 4. He, he said, I'm looking for true worshipers to worship me in spirit and in truth. Uh, truth speaks of the word of God and spirit is, is self-explanatory. How many know we need churches that have the Bible but also have the church, have, have the Holy Spirit? That we are word and spirit. You go to some churches, it's all word. Sit down, shut up, listen. That's great, but we also need the Spirit. And then there's some churches I've been to, guys, I'll be honest with you, they wasn't a whole lot of word. They were just a lot of... Should I go down that road? Uh, people running around, speaking in tongues, prophesying, but there's no teaching at all. How many know we need to be filled with the Word and we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work? You got to have Word and Spirit, Spirit and truth. And Jesus said, I'm looking for people to worship me in spirit and in truth. And the word for worship is where we get the word commune or communicate. We have to commune and communicate with the Holy Spirit. So I'm challenging you this week to believe that the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. To believe that when you show up to pray, that the Holy Spirit is already there waiting on you. 
that, that, that he is present, that he's going to help you make decisions. He's going to help you have a better marriage. He's going to help you handle your money. He's going to help activate the gifts on the inside of you. But you've got, you've got to demonstrate faith for that to happen. The second way that I build this friendship with the Holy Spirit is through time. The greatest commodity that we have is time. Think about this. Some of you in high school, maybe middle school, you had someone who was what you considered your best friend. And you, you talked about raising kids together and you signed their yearbook and you signed up BFFFFF forever, forever, forever. And here you are 20 years later and you don't even know where they live. Why? Time. Time is why. Check this out. Every relationship you prioritize flourishes. Every relationship you neglect fades. There is no relationship that you can just leave it there and it stays the same. It sounds good. We just picked up where we left off. Haven't seen each other in 12 years. No, you didn't. There's a lot that's happened in those 12 years that they don't know about you and you don't know about them. Time is so powerful that it determines what relationships grow closer and what relationships drift apart. It's all about time. See, uh, hearing God is very similar for me as, as knowing my wife's voice. And, and what I mean by that, I can pick her voice out of a crowd. Like I, I know her voice because we've spent time together. When she calls me on the phone and I pick it up and say, hello, and she starts talking, I, I, I don't say, who is this? And she says, Karen. And I, I don't say, Karen who? <laughs> like, I mean, that's not happening. Like, I know her. I, I'm not asking that. And, and, and how, how did I get there? Time. Some of us do not know the voice of the Holy Spirit because we've not spent enough time getting to know his voice. Jesus gives us a pattern in Luke 24, 49. Worship team, you guys can come. It says, listen carefully. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. you, are, you but you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. Now, when you look at this, he says, I want you to remain in the city. Remain, all he's saying is, I want you to go to this city. I want you to wait so he, he's, he's talking to us about spending time, but he says, where? The city of Jerusalem. Now, obviously, he's not saying all of us got to get on a plane every week and fly to Jerusalem. Okay, that'd be very expensive. Um, but Jerusalem means, it, it literally means the place of peace. So, so what Jesus is saying, I want you to spend time in the place of peace. In other words, you got to get all the, the distractions out of your life. How I many you can't hear God when you got your kids laying on top of you? You, you can't hear God when, when in, in a crowd sometimes. So th throughout your week, what he's saying is, I want you to wait. I want you to spend time in a place of peace. In other words, a non-distracting place until you are endued with power. Until you have victory over what, whatever it is that you, you need God to do.
I want you to find a quiet place, a, a non-distracting place, a place of peace. I want you to wait until you get what you need. So many times we set appointments with everybody, our doctors, you know, our pastors, our, our, our whatever, whatever appointments we have. But what if you set a time, an appointment with the Holy Spirit and just said, this is my time. This is the Holy Spirit's time. My phone is not even going into the room with me. I just want to sit in his presence in a place of peace so that I can get the victory that I need. The third thing that we need, the last thing, is awareness. Awareness. Sociologists have been studying the negative effects that our phones have on our relationships. We all know how it is to go to dinner and look over at a table of five or six people and they're all part of the same family and yet they're not connecting at all. Everybody's got their phone out. They're present, but they're not aware of one another. And that's what we have to overcome in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is always present, but we are not always aware. The Holy Spirit is not just present right now. He's not just present when you serve. He's not just present when you attend a small group. I don't care what's going on. You may be sitting in a doctor's office and you've just heard the worst news of your entire life. How many of the Holy Spirit is present even in that moment? He is present all the time. But we are not always aware. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. He's not a force. He is a friend. He's not rude or harsh, but he's kind and gentle. He's not trying to embarrass you. He wants to empower you. The other thing about the Holy Spirit is that he believes in you more than you believe in yourself. He's on your team. He wants to do incredible things with your life, but you have to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Many of you are in this room today and you just feel like your life is missing something. Your life is not missing something. Your life is missing someone. And it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, no one looking around for the next couple of moments. This was just an introductory message, so we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna make up some ground in this series and we're gonna, we're gonna live this thing out. But if you're in this room or you're watching online today and you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, the, the only way we can come into relationship with Jesus is by the Holy Spirit drawing us, by the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart. And so in this moment, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, your Savior, you need your sins forgiven, and, and you say, I don't want to leave the same way that I came. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I need him to save me today. I want to turn from my sin, and I want to walk in relationship with Jesus. Thank you for this hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for the three more online. God bless you guys. Anyone else before we pray? Anyone else? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray together. And, and I've said it many times. There's no magic in the words that we pray. It's just helping give you the words that you need to express what God is doing in your life in this moment. 
every voice lifted, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give those four people a big God bless you. So good. Awesome. I'm going to ask our prayer team and staff to come and get in place. If you need prayer for anything at all today, um, we're here to pray with you and for you. If, if you, you just say, I want to give more of myself to the Holy Spirit, if that's what you want to pray for, this is a great opportunity for you to do that. And I promise you, how many of the Holy Spirit will not disappoint? He's awesome. He is a friend. And, and, and he's not someone we got to be afraid of or spooked out about. I mean, we, we really don't. He's on your team, and he believes in you. How many are thankful that you came to church today? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us, and have a great day.